Hi guys, this is Carrie Myers with Gospel Centered Purpose, where we are learning to live our life by design. So today we're going to talk a little bit about vocation. Vocation. So what do I mean when we talk about vocation? Vocation is just another word for calling or purpose. It's a career that we feel maybe we are called to. Um, but really, it's just that sense of calling. And what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about a story that I was reading in my quiet time today about Moses and the burning bush. And if you know the story of Moses and the burning bush, you know that he was out with his flock in a field and he sees this burning bush, but yet it's not burning. So it's this tree that has fire on it, but it's not being consumed. So it catches his attention. So he moves towards it. And when he moves towards it, he hears the angel of the Lord call out to him. And then ultimately, we know that the Lord is calling him to go to Pharaoh to free the Israelites. So that was his calling, that the Lord was calling him to. We also know that Moses, if you read the story, you see that he's like, I am not eloquent enough. I... I'm not the right guy that you have for this. My speech is not good. I'm not equipped for this. But, but the Lord continues to affirm him in that I'm going to equip you to do this. Now, do we have burning bushes today? I truly believe we do. We have burning bushes in our lives. We have a sense of just something that is a contradiction, like this tree that is on fire but not being consumed, that kind of just piques our interest. Like we move towards it. Like, what is that? What is that stirring? And I was listening to a podcast that, um, today. Tim Keller talked about this. Um, and if you Google him, you can look up all sorts of podcasts that he has. And I highly recommend them because they're just, they're so good. I love um, listening to him. Just talk about the word. He's so insightful. But what he talked about was something I'd never seen before, or I've never heard this. Um, I really, even in scripture, did not even notice it, about how it was the angel of the Lord was in the fire, but was not being consumed. And so he talked about how if it was an angel, like A-N, an angel, that that would be like just the spiritual sense, this, um, not necessarily the Lord, but it could be a messenger, but this is the angel of the Lord. So this is the second person of the Trinity. This is Jesus. And so, you know, whether you can look that up and, and as I did, I kind of Googled it. And there are different things that people think about this, of what this angel was and what this person was. But let's say it was the second person of the Trinity which I truly believe that it is because it makes sense when you look into scripture and you see that um, even when John the Baptist came, he said, I baptize you with, with water, but one is coming after me. And he baptizes with the spirit and fire. And we're told in first Ephesians, or no, first Thessalonians, excuse me, 519, 
not to quench the spirit. Don't quench the fire. Let the baptism with the Holy Spirit and fire cleanse you and empower you. And that's what Jesus does. He was sent here to purify us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, he gives us his Holy Spirit. And that is who empowers us to go. That's who equips us. That's how we're empowered to go and walk in the calling. And so for us, what is it that the Lord is stirring in your heart, that holy passion within you, that the Lord is saying, I am calling you to this. I'm not just calling you. I'm going to equip you for it. And so I want us to think about what is that burning bush in our life? And we have to listen. We have to draw near to it. And then we have to listen. And then we have to believe that as we walk in it, we are not going to be consumed. We can walk through the fire and not get burned because we have the Holy Spirit. We have Jesus with us. He is always with us, always near. We have God with us. So what is the Lord stirring in your heart? What is that holy passion? Something that we would give your life for. You know, as we look through it and we look through scripture, even just pray and ask the Lord to show us what that is. There's a lot of, we have to do a lot of intake to find out what that is. It's a process. And even Moses struggled through it to walk in that power. Even as he went and he did go to Pharaoh, several times Pharaoh said no. And Moses was continually saying like, see, you got the wrong guy. See, he continually, he continues to say no to me. Then finally, the Pharaoh lets the people go, and Moses leads the Israelites through the wilderness. And then we come to a part, a point where he's going to bring them water from a rock, and he doesn't do it exactly the way the Lord says to do it. So even in his calling, he reverts back to his own strength and his own power and his own wisdom to do the thing that God has called them to do. And we can identify with him because we do the same things. But what the Lord is saying and what the Lord wants from us is to walk this out in his power, in his name, so that he can be glorified. Here's the other thing I want to talk about, vocation. Um, our calling, once we move towards it, um, we do. We need to process it. We need to take some intake. We need to think through it. So beyond knowing what God has a purpose, that he has a purpose for our life, we need to spend a little bit more energy seeking out our vocation. Um, so there are people out there who are miserable in their jobs. It's because they haven't listened to God's calling. And also we know that there are Christians who's not, who aren't fulfilled in their spiritual lives because they have no sense of their strengths and their gifts and their purpose. And they're just running to the first thing that they think that they should be doing. And a lot of times we think if we just do mission work, if we just do the do, then we'll be okay. But that it's a heart issue. And so we have to put everything together of how the Lord created us, our stories, everything about us. And so as you look through places that you have failed, places where he you have really succeeded, people that the Lord has brought in your life, trials that you have encountered, circumstances that have been hard and difficult and sad, those sad moments, all of that plays a part in where God is calling you to move forward, our strengths and our talents, how he has gifted us and equipped us, 
how he, where he has placed us, where we are at right now has been ordained by him. And so when we become believers, our life changes, we're transformed. And so the work that we used to do is, might be the same work, the same vocation, might be the same thing we're doing, but we have a different take on it. We have a different outlook on it. It's no longer just to work to gain material things or to gain money to provide. And yes, the Lord wants us to provide, but he also wants us to take care of his people. And so our heart and our vision changes in that. And so that's where I want us to look at when we talk about vocation. I'm not telling you that you should change your vocation or your job, what you're doing, unless you're doing something that we know is not of the Lord. And I gave this example earlier when I was speaking with some women and it just came to my mind. So I'm just going to say it again. But let's say, for instance, and this is just kind of a simple example, but let's say that your vocation right now is being a stripper. Okay, when you come to know the Lord, you know that that's not what the Lord wants for your life. That there would need to be a change in vocation um, to walk out your your walk with the Lord, your life with the Lord. But let's say that you're a dentist. Well, it doesn't mean that you necessarily need to change your vocation once you come to know the Lord. It just means you look at it in a different light. And you help people. Maybe like in our city, we have a ministry called Under the Bridge where people can go and they can get their teeth looked at. They're given a meal. They're given um, clothes for them. They're giving given all sorts of things. People come together and they use all the resources that they have, their gifts and their talents, and all their resources to give back to the community. And so that's where I want us to start looking at is how we can give back. What is the value that you can add to somebody's life with your story? And your story It's not just saying how you grew up and how you got to point A to point B, but it's how the Lord worked in your life from point A to point B or point A to point C, Z, D, whatever. You get the drift. Telling the God story in the midst of that. And so as we look through how we can use our gifts and our talents for God's great purpose, and that is going out and sharing with others about him. I'm going to read something that I read from a book. It's called The Irresistible Revolution, Living as an Ordinary Radical. Now, I wouldn't say that I am a radical. And if you even think about, like, what does radical mean? Radical is just living big. I want to live big for the Lord. And that looks different for everybody. But here's the thing. Um, In this book, Shane Claiborne talks about going to Calcutta and working with Mother Teresa and working with the lepers there. And what he says, he quotes Mother Teresa, and this is what she says. "Um, Calcuttas are everywhere. If only we have eyes to see, find your Calcutta. And this is what Shane Claiborne learned. This is a quote from the book. I learned from the lepers that leprosy is a disease of numbness. The contagion numbs the skin and the nerves can no longer feel as the body wastes away. 
To treat it, we would dig out or dissect the scar tissue until the person couldn't, could feel again, so that they could feel again. I left Calcutta. When I left Calcutta, it occurred to me that I was returning to a land of lepers, a land of people who had forgotten how to feel, to laugh, to cry, a land haunted by numbness. Could we learn to feel again? That is what I'm talking about. Learning to feel again. I think we have gotten so numb. We are. We are. There are Calcuttas all around us. We don't have to go to Nepal or anywhere else to find people that are lonely, empty, and destitute. We have them right here in our backyard. And so I want to encourage you to think through what Mother Teresa says. Calcuttas are everywhere if only we have eyes to see. Find your Calcutta. Where does God want to use you and use your story to bring freedom to people, to free the Israelites from the Egyptians? That's our call is to free people. And God has placed people in our lives so that we can bring freedom to them. And so think through that. What is your Calcutta? You know, I'm thinking through what my Calcutta is. And where the Lord wants to use me and how he wants to use my story. So I'm right there with you learning about what our stories are to bring for the Lord and his glory, our vocation, our purpose, our talents and our gifts, everything brought to him for his good purpose and his good works. So let's go therefore and walk in a manner that is worthy of walking as we walk in Christ. So have a great day and go, therefore, and walk in a manner worthy. And find your Calcutta. I want to encourage you and challenge you. That's our challenge. Find your Calcutta.